0: Wa al masajid. Again, connect this with qul. Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi is being told, and that Allah has revealed that al masajid, the masajid, the mosques, they are lillah They are for Allah alone. تَدْعُوا So do not invoke, do not worship ma allahi with Allah ahadah anyone at all. Meaning only worship Allah. What does it mean by this? That the masajid are for Allah. Masajid Plural of the word masjid And what does masjid mean? A place of sujood Meaning a place that is designated for prayer A mosque So a place of worship Is built for what purpose? Worshipping who? God Worshipping Allah So If a place is built On the premise that Allah should be worshipped over there Then what should you do when you go there? Worship other than Allah? No, that doesn't make any sense. Worship only Allah. The Kaaba, first masjid, was built for what purpose? To worship who? To worship Allah. Then why are there idols there? Why were there idols over there? You understand? فَلَا تَدْعُوا اللَّهِ أَحَدًا There's another interpretation of this ayah. That masajid, masjid, is understood as the entire earth. Because from hadith we learn the Prophet ﷺ said that the entire earth has been made a masjid for my ummah. Meaning you can pray anywhere. Just ensure that the place you're praying at is clean. Right? And you can pray there. So, what does it mean then? al masajid Any place where you can do sajda, where you can worship Allah, is what? It belongs to who? It belongs to Allah there is nothing except that Allah owns it. So when He is the owner, the master of everything, what should you do? فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا Don't worship with Allah anyone else. Worship only Him. Seek only Him. What's the connection of this with the previous verse? Or with the previous set of verses? In the previous set of verses, what lesson are we being taught? That don't fear deprivation. Your priority should be who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does He want from me? Surrender to Him. Obey Him. And He will create ease for you. And you know what? You're in this world. And this world belongs to who? Allah. So you shouldn't be worshipping. You shouldn't be seeking anyone else but Him anyway. فَلَا تَدْرُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أحدى. Another interpretation of this is that masajid, masjid is understood as the part on which a person prostrates. The part on which a person prostrates. So it's referring to the limbs of the body, the parts of the body on which you do sajda. And those are, which parts? The forehead. Don't forget the forehead and the nose. Right? The hands, both hands. And then the knees also. Right? And of course your toes also. So your body, it belongs to who? Who owns it? Who owns it? Allah owns it. So with this body, what are you going to do? Run after the things of this world? Turn away from your Lord? That doesn't make any sense. Falata You belong to Allah. So don't worship anyone else with Him.
1: Assalamu alaikum. And uh, nowadays, mashallah, if we see in uh, this days and this times which is we're living, Allah swt bless us with so many masajid, In this western countries, alhamdulillah. And if you see them, most of masajid is full, full of people and sisters and mothers, all of them. But if you notice, most of them, we are spending time in the masajid from morning and evening, but we do everything except worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the masajid. We coming, we chatting, that's, I mean, worshipping. Not just idol, worshipping our desire also can be including this one. I see them like sisters all the time in the masjid, but they not even pray two rakah. They're missing the salah when the azan is coming. They're not chatting. They're doing some things, uh, most of them, which is not relating. Any things with remembering of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you see where I was, I was in the masjid. And I think this ayah also can be related yes. to that. JazakAllah khair for pointing that out. That really
0: the purpose of a masjid, why is a masjid built? Why? Why? Is it just a place to meet and gather and have our aqiqas in and things like that? No. That could be done anywhere. Could be done outside, could be done in somebody's basement, it could be done in a restaurant. Why is a masjid built? For the worship of Allah. So if we're going to the masjid and we're spending time talking to people only, and we don't even have time to pray because we're too busy, then defeats the purpose of building the masjid. So the purpose of the masjid is to worship Allah. فَلَا مَعَ اللَّهِ أحدى. And the Prophet ﷺ said that when you see a person buying or selling in the masjid, making their trades in the masjid, can you buy this from me? Right? I'd like to sell this to you. Then he said, you should say, لا أربح الله تجارتك. May Allah not make your tijara profitable. May Allah not make your trade profitable. Why? Because masjid was built for what? For worship. Not a place where you can buy and sell things. He said, and if someone announces a lost item, then say, لا أدّاه الله عليك. May Allah not return it to you. He said, فَإِنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لَمْ تُبْنَ لذلك. The masajid were not built for that. They were not built as places where you can buy and sell, as places where you go and make announcements. No, it's a place of worship. That's the number one goal, purpose of the existence of a masjid. فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أحدا. This is a prohibition from shirk and in general also that when we belong to Allah, this world belongs to Allah, a masjid is built for the worship of Allah, then let's not forget Allah. وَأَنَّهُ And that, meaning this has also been revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, that لَمَّا قَامَ abdullah That when the servant of Allah stood up, which servant of Allah is this? محمد ﷺ. And he stood up, stood up for what purpose? To worship Allah. Remember? He performed a prayer, right? And the sahaba were behind him, praying behind him. And the Prophet ﷺ was reciting the Qur'an out loud. This is when the jinn heard his recitation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when the servant stood, yad'uhu He was worshipping him. Meaning in order to worship Allah. What happened? كادو, they almost... Who? The jinn almost. Yakununa they were, alayhi on him, meaning on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa libada, a compacted mass. Libad, lambadal. Libad is a plural of libda. And libda is used for a group of people in which some people are above others. So basically crowds and crowds. You know like you see a crowd of people, you know, standing and then each one is like, in front of the other, or trying to listen from over the other, right? And we have to do that because we can only stand, we can't exactly float or fly. So the jinn can do that. So you can imagine, So when the jinn heard the recitation of the Prophet ﷺ, how were they? Sitting far away from him? How were they? They were like on top of him. libad crowding around him. A huge crowd gathered around him in order to listen to his recitation. And the Prophet ﷺ, did he have any idea that the jinn were listening to him? No, he didn't. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed him of that later. But what does it show to us about the jinn? That how eager they were to listen to the Qur'an. That they wanted to be as close to the Prophet ﷺ as possible crowding around him. Just like the angels, we learn that the angels go around looking for gatherings where Allah is being remembered, right? And when they find a gathering like that, what do they do? What do they do? They call each other. And then so many angels come that the entire gathering is covered with the angels. So here also, Kadu yakununa عَلَيْهِ libada. How eager are we to listen to the Qur'an? How eager are we to learn the Qur'an? When it comes to the mushrikeen, earlier we learned, فَمَالِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا قِبَلَكَ عَنِ الْيَمِينِ وَعَنِ الْشِمَالِ عِزِينَ Even the mushrikeen would run to the Prophet ﷺ when he would recite the Qur'an. But why would they run? In eagerness to listen to the Qur'an? No. To mock at him, to stop him, to criticize him, to ridicule him. But here we see, the jinn coming in order to listen eagerly to the recitation of the Qur'an. Say, Tell them that I only worship my Lord. وَلَا أُشْرِكُ بِهِ أحدا. And I do not associate with Him anyone. This is my message. I only worship my Lord. He has no partners. This is my message to you. I seek His help. I put my trust in Him. So, this is like a challenge to the mushrikeen also. That I will never do shirk. No matter how much you oppose me. قُلْ Say إِنِّي لَا أَمْلِكُ لَكُمْ ضررا وَلَا رَشَدًا Tell them that indeed I do not possess for you any ضَر Meaning the power to harm you. Or protect you from harm. وَلَا رَشَدًا Nor any ability or power to guide you in the right direction. This comes from who? Who has control over this? Only Allah. In other words, the Prophet ﷺ is told to inform the people that he was only a human being whose responsibility was to convey. He was to make clear that he had no control over the affairs of people with respect to their loss and gain or with respect to their guidance and misguidance that is in control of allah the prophet sallallahu job was to convey qul say inni indeed indeed i لَن يُجِيرَنِي never can anyone protect me min allah from allah ahadum anybody at all not even a single person no one can protect me from allah yujira ijara is to give protection no one can save me from Allah. What does this mean? That even if I were to disobey Allah and turn away from my obligation, you could not protect me. I can't save you. I don't even have power over myself. In other words, you need Allah and I need Allah. وَلَنْ ajida, And I will never find مِنْ دُونِهِ Other than him multahada Any refuge. Multahad. Lam Hadal. Lahad. What is Lahad? It's a certain type of a grave. But how is it? L shaped, right? So multahad is a place of refuge. Like somewhere where you can go in and go deep in and you're safe over there. No, there is no shelter from Allah. In other words, even I am responsible for my deeds. I convey to you that you must obey Allah. And you know what? I have to do the same. Illa بَلَاغًا مِنَ اللَّهُ Illa, إلا, إِلَّا over here should be understood as but. And we have to connect this with verse number 21. That la amliku, I do not have any power to protect you from harm or to force you upon right guidance. I don't have that strength. I don't have that ability but what i do have meaning the responsibility that i do have what i have for you is what balaghan min allah a notification a message from allah i have no power to harm you to benefit you but i do have the responsibility to convey the message to you and this message is from who from allah risalati and also i have to convey his risalat risalat plural of risalah and what is risala? A message. I am to notify and deliver the messages to you. That's my job. That's why I'm here. وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ And whoever disobeys Allah and His Messenger, فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمٌ Then indeed for him is the fire of hell. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا Abiding therein eternally. What is being mentioned in these verses? that the Prophet wasallam's responsibility is to convey the message. In Surah maidah Ayah 67, Allah says, "Ya Rasul, بَلِّغْ مَا O Messenger, convey whatever has been revealed to you from your Lord. You must convey. Because the mushrikeen would say, don't tell us, we don't want to hear. And what does Allah say? "Qul." Tell them. Even though they don't want to hear, tell them. And remind them that just as They must believe, accept, and obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You also have to obey Allah. And in your case, what is that? That you must convey the message that you have been entrusted with. And if you do not do so, then you are in danger. Hatta until, meaning the deniers, those who refuse to believe in the messenger, they continue in their denial يوعدون, until when they will see that which they are promised. And what is it that they have been promised? That if they continue this way, then there are serious consequences in the hereafter. But they continue. And eventually a time will come when they will see what they have been promised. فَسَيَعْلَمُونَ Then they will know Man أَضْعَفُ نَاصِرًا That who is weaker in terms of Nasir? Nasir? Helper. Because the mushrikeen would boast that we are so many of us. And you're just you with a couple of people. You only have maybe Abu Talib to protect you. But we are a strong group together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, just wait until the time will come and you will see who is weak in terms of helpers. Meaning who has less helpers and who has more helpers. مَنْ أَضْعَفُ وأقل عددا. And less in terms of number. Number meaning number of supporters. Is it them? The worshippers of غَيْرَ Allah? Or is it the believers? Those who worship only Allah. Meaning very soon they will see that they have no helpers at all. That their multitude of gods even will not aid them. The thousands of gods that they worship also will not aid them. Because they're not real. And those who worship Allah and only Allah, then Allah will reward them. قُلْ Say, إِنْ أَدْرِي I do not know. أَقَرِيبٌ Whether it is near. مَا تُعَدُونَ That which you have been promised. And مَا Aduna again is referring to what? Punishment. I don't know if it's near. أَمْ يَجْعَلُ له, Or that he has made for it Who has made for it, Rabbi, my Lord has. What has He made for it? Amada, a long period. Amad, a long span of time. Because whenever the Prophet ﷺ would warn the people of the punishment, they would say, "Okay, when is it gonna be? You keep talking about it. When is it coming?" So He's told over here, tell them, I don't know when it's gonna be. Very soon, or after a long time. Only Allah knows. Alim al He is the knower of the unseen fala and he does not disclose yudhhiru izhar is to manifest to declare tell others about what you know so fala he does not disclose ala ghaybihi his Raib, meaning the knowledge of unseen that he has he does not inform ahada anyone about it this is similar to how we learn وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شاء. Allah has the knowledge of the unseen and He does not give it to anybody. There are some matters of the unseen that Allah has kept only to Himself. And of those matters is what? When the day of judgment is going to be. Remember when Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ in the form of a human being and he asked him questions? Right? What is iman? What is islam? What is ihsan? And then he asked him a question. That, that. when is the hour going to be? And what did the Prophet ﷺ say? That the one who is being asked does not know any better than the one who is asking. Meaning, this is a matter that only Allah knows about. So, alimul الْغَيْبِ fala يُظْهِرُ عَلَىٰ غَيْبِهِ أَحَدًا إِلَّا إِكْسَبْتْ man irtada min except man the one who irtada he has approved meaning allah has approved min rasul of messengers meaning except the messenger whom allah has chosen whom allah is pleased with then yes allah gives him some knowledge of the unseen but not all You understand? That there are matters of the unseen that people have no idea about. They have no knowledge of. Not at all. But yes, there are some things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells His messengers of. Can you think of some instances where regarding a certain situation, a Prophet of Allah was given knowledge of the unseen? Think about Nuh a.s. He was told that now no one is going to believe from your people. I mean, for a human being to claim that from this group of people, no one is going to believe, that's what? Claiming knowledge of the unseen, of the future. How did Nuh a.s. know about that? Because Allah informed him of that. Correct? Can you think of any other example of any other prophet? Yes? Okay. The Prophet did not know that the jinn were hearing the recitation, and no human being could see that either, right? So how did the Prophet come to know? Because Allah informed him. Yes. Okay. Yusuf ﷺ's interpretations of the dreams, right? That how the king had a dream, and Yusuf ﷺ gave the interpretation that there will be abundant provision for this long, seven years this will happen, then one year this will happen, then seven years this will happen. I mean, this is what? 15 year long plan, right? And he's speaking with so much certainty. He knew about this from where? How? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed him of that. Now, anything from the life of the Prophet Wasallam? Yes? Okay, good. When the food was poisoned and the Prophet Wasallam was informed about it? Yes? Okay, Battle of Badr, the angels were there. And remember that big rock that somebody was going to throw on him and he was informed about that? Right? Yes? Surah Al-Tahreem, right? That how Aisha, عنها, Hafsa, عنها, they had a plan and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa of that. Yes? Okay, Surah Al-Rum, right? That how the victory of the Romans, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi about that. Yes. 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 When the Prophet sallallahu was near his death, he told Fatima radiallahu anha something and she wept because of that. And then he told her something else and she was happy because of that. And what was it? That she would be the first one to join him in the hereafter from his family. Right? Yes, that there are many reports that tell us about how when the Prophet ﷺ walked by a grave, he was made to hear what was going on inside. Right? There is a narration in which we learned that the Prophet ﷺ was passing through a certain place and there was another companion with him. And he asked him, do you hear that? And he said, no. You know, that Sahabi didn't hear, only the Prophet ﷺ heard. There is another very interesting narration we learned about the birth of ibn abbas radhiyallahu anhu that how his mother she didn't know she was expecting she had no idea and the prophet sallallahu alaihi informed her about the birth of her son and she was amazed at how is it going to be because the Quraysh there hasn't been any child born in so long and you know they thought that there was something wrong and she said no how was it possible and she gave birth to Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. And when he was born, she brought the baby to him. And Abbas radiallahu anhu, who was at that time not a Muslim, you know, he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa also. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, that if anyone is proud of their uncle, then they should see my uncle. You've got nothing to be proud of. My uncle's the best. And he was not a Muslim at that time, by the way. This is in Makkah. And Abbas radiallahu anhu was like, you know, don't do that. Come on, you're embarrassing me. He said, no, you are my uncle. And an uncle is like a father. So anyway, from this incident we learned that the Prophet ﷺ was informed of this matter of the unseen. I mean, technically no one knows what's in the womb, right? He ﷺ was given knowledge of this particular unseen. So, إِلَّا مَنِ اِرْتَضَى مِنْ رَسُولٍ So, remember that this ayah does not mean that the messengers are given knowledge of the unseen. No. This doesn't mean that the Prophets of Allah know all of the unseen. That is not true. What this means is that there are some matters of the unseen that Allah informs His Prophets of. innahu, And then what happens is that when Allah chooses a messenger and the messenger is being communicated with, then the messenger is also protected against the shayateen. Yasluku So indeed Allah Yasluku He sends literally means inserts but what is meant is that he sends Mimbainiadehi before him, Wamin and also behind him rasada guards, angel guards to protect him against who? Against the Shayateen. Because the messenger is receiving revelation from Allah. Right? So Shayateen are not Able to interrupt that revelation or to distort it. And for that reason, angels are appointed to guard that messenger. Why is this being mentioned over here? Because remember, the jinn were wondering what's going on. Right? We used to go up to the skies, no problem, and now, you know, strict guards everywhere. So this is because wahi was being revealed to the messenger. Sallallahu alaihi Li and why this protection, extra protection for the messenger? Li so that he may know. An qad ablagu that they have certainly conveyed the messages of their Lord. In other words, in order to ensure the correct delivery of Allah's messages, that. This is the reason why the strong angel Jibreel was chosen to deliver the wahi to the Messenger. And then the Shayateen were kept away through the Rasad. Why? In order to ensure that the message that is delivered to people is indeed from Allah. It wasn't corrupted, it wasn't lost, it wasn't distorted anywhere. Because you see, what happens sometimes, you send a message to someone, right? In writing. Let's say somebody else got a hold of it. And they changed it up a little bit. Can this happen? It can happen. But can this happen with the Qur'an? No. It's not possible. It's not okay. It should not happen. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed strict guards. And that He has encompassed whatever is with them. There is nothing except that Allah knows about it. ahsa kull adada. And that He has enumerated everything in number. Allah has enumerated every single thing. He has kept count of everything. And you see when everything is numbered, then what does it mean? Nothing's going to be lost. You know, this precision is why? The reason is for perfect preservation and protection. You know, for example, if there's like, You know you have lots of dishes and you don't know how many you have and you have no idea what goes in your kitchen, what comes out of your kitchen, right? No idea. But if you know, I have three dishes that are like this. One is big, one is medium, and one is small. You know exactly what they are. Then when something is missing, you know it's missing. Isn't it? And when you see a fourth one, you know it's not yours. So some people they're very organized. They know exactly what belongs to them. And some people, they have no idea. They've got like random pencils in their pencil case, random pens. Where did I get this from? I have no idea. Where did my pen go? I don't know. Was it mine? Did I buy it? Where did it come from? No idea. They don't keep count. Not keeping count is a sign of what? Disorganization. Which is a sign of what? Inability. Lack of attention. Not caring basically. وَأَحْصَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ عَدَدًا What does it mean? Nothing at all is hidden from Allah. He is aware of every single detail. So precisely He has calculated everything, counted everything, numbered everything. So nothing is lost in this huge kingdom of His. Nothing is hidden from Him. Nothing is lost from Him. You see our problem is, Remember the time when you shared a bedroom with your sister or sisters and you had only one desk or only one drawer or only one section of a closet that was yours. Right? You probably knew about everything that you had. Then what happened? You grew up, you had your own room. Or you got married and you had your own bedroom. Or then you had your own house. And then what happens in your house? You have no idea what you have, where those things are, isn't it? When you share a bedroom with somebody, right? You know, you have one drawer or two drawers in the dresser, all your things are there. One section of the desk is yours, all your things are there. And then what happens later? The bigger your place is, the more lost you are. Where are my socks? Or oh, in that room. Where is my book? Oh, in the downstairs study. And where is my pencil case? In the upstairs study. And where is my that book? Maybe somewhere in the basement. Everything is scattered. The bigger our place is, the more scattered and lost we are. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look at His kingdom, how vast it is. And there is not a leaf except that He knows about it. Not a leaf except that He knows about it. This is His power. This is His ability. And he's the one who owns you.
2: Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَأَنَّا لَمَّا سَمِعْنَا الْهُدَىٰ أَمَنَّا بِهِ فَمَنْ يُؤْمِن بِرَبِّهِ فَلَا يَخَافُ بَخْسًا وَلَا رَهَقًا وَأَنَّا مِنَّ الْمُسْلِمُونَ وَمِنَّ الْقَاسِطُونَ مَن أَسْلَمَ فَأُولَئِكَ تَحَرَّوْا رَشَدًا وَأَمَّا الْقَاسِطُونَ فَكَانُوا لِجَهَنَّمَ حَطَبًا وَأَن لَّوْ اسْتَقَامُوا عَلَى الطَّرِيقَةِ لَأَسْقَيْنَاهُم مَّاءً غَدَقًا لِّنَفْتِنَهُمْ فِيهِ ومن يعرض عن ذكر ربه يسلكه عذابا صعدا. وأن المساجد لله فلا تدعو مع الله أحدا. وأنه لما قام عبد الله يدعوه كادوا يكونون عليه لبدا. قل إنما أدع ربي ولا أشرك به أحد قل إني لا لا كم ضرّوا ولا رشدا قل إني لئي يجيرني من الله أحد ولن أجد من دونه ملتحدا إلا بلاغا من الله ورسالته وَمَن يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمَ فَإِنَّ in رَجْهَنَّ name of Jesus حَتَّى إِذَا are the one who is the one who is the قل إن أدرى أقرب ما تعدون أم يجعل له ربي أمدا عالم الغيب فلا يظهر على غيبه أحدا